0: God is really more than enough. How many believe that? Mm, mm, mm. So, again, we're talking about no more fear. Oh, yeah. Amen? That's right. No fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. <clears throat> Isaiah 60 says, It's the passage that talks about, it's, uh, Jesus quotes it in, in um, Luke chapter 4. But it says about what the Messiah would come and do and what he would accomplish. And um, it says in there that in, in these days, in this dispensation of time, because the prophecy in Isaiah 60 was about this time, about since Jesus did what he did and what he accomplished for us on. And he said, um, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord. And, and the but Lord, but the Lord, that part of it is, but the Lord shall rise and shine on you and I. Amen. And that light be in us, right? Um. To you and I, that light is the Word, and it has to be the belief of the Word. It, it can't just be a knowledge of the Word. It has to go beyond just the knowledge of the Word and the belief of that Word. I've got to, I've got to know that because every single day because of darkness that covers the earth and the, and the deep darkness that's on the people of the earth. It's, it, it's everywhere. The darkness is everywhere. And to handle the dark situations that come at us, we have to have light personified in us. I mean, it has to be living and active and working and, and operating on the inside of us, not just a knowledge of the light, of the light of the Word. It's got to be working because we've got to have something to be able to combat and withstand anything that comes at us. And what works over time is fear. And tonight, I want to read one of our foundational scriptures that we've looked at the the whole time, Psalm 34, 4. David said, I sought the Lord and He heard me, and He delivered me from all of my fears. And, And the key to David being delivered of all fear, everybody say all fear, not just some of his fear, but but the key to David being delivered of all fear is that David sought the Lord. There's no freedom from fear if you don't purpose to seek the things of God. And and you know, tonight as as I'm talking about this, we've talked a lot about what seeking God is about. Seeking God is not some mysterious thing that you can't figure out. Seeking God is developing a relationship with God the way you would develop, the way Jose and I, Jesus and I, Jose. <laughs> I was talking to a Jose today, yesterday, and, and when I said that, it, I don't know why Jose came to my mind. I was talking to a Jose, a Jose down in Mexico. Anyway. Jesus, if Jesus and I are developing a relationship, we're developing the relationship based on words. Right? So, so, if, I mean, there are things about Jesus that I know, not Jose, Jesus. I do know his name. There are things I know about him because we've sat down together and talked. There are things that I know about his family there's some things I know about different family members, there are things that I just know about his family. I know, I know who he is. I know he has sister, He has a sister. I know he has parents, I know who they are, what they've gone through things because we have talked. We've had communication, right? Well, David sought the Lord and, the, and he believed the Lord heard him in his seeking. That meant David was battling with fears in his life. Okay, But the the Lord delivered him from all of it because he developed a relationship with him. The way we seek God is not some mysterious thing. We seek God through knowing him and believing in the word that you're hearing taught tonight. If you believe in that word, that word will liberate your mind, it'll liberate your life, and it'll put you in a position to withstand all darkness. Not just some darkness, but all darkness. There's darkness that's out there that you hadn't been confronted with to this point. That, if you, that the longer you live, you'll be confronted with more darkness. Is God shaking over the darkness? Absolutely not. Right? What God wants is that seeking and that relationship and that development of the relationship so that whatever comes, we give it no place. I'll just tell you this. Fear can and will and does and will continue to come at you. Fear, and we've talked about this in the previous weeks, but fear, so fear comes at us. Fear through situations, maybe things that you're, that you're battling with from the past because we talked one night about generationally we have fear back here. And I showed you in Scripture where, like with Job, Job, Job didn't fear something because bad things happened. Job had fear in him, and because the fear remained and he didn't get it out, then bad things happened to his life. And that's what happens with us. So fear will come at you, come right to you, just like this, stare you in the face. Fear because of things maybe inside of you or Things that you're dealing with on a day to day basis, sometimes the fear will even come on you and grip you. But the fear, but fear doesn't have any right inside of me, and I'm the one that determines whether it does or not. And it's not how spiritual I am, it's how, it's what type of a relationship I have with the light. God is light. But the light that develops that relationship with God, he's not some mysterious thing that's far off and we can't ever touch him. No, the light is the word. And every time a person underestimates the power and the strength of the word in their lives, it's a recipe for disaster. When your my life becomes so busy, I have no time for the word, I mean, today... Today I had about five situations happen in the morning that tried to rob me of my time in the Word. But right in the middle of the things that I had to take care of, okay, the other things will just wait. I need the light. You know why? Because some of the things I was having to deal with tried to get me stirred up, right? Right? And I need the entrance of the light to be able to handle whatever comes because no matter what level of it is, it's all darkness. Anything that's trying to grip you, grab you, hold you, try to seize you, you know, keep you paralyzed, keep you focused on other things, it's all darkness. It's all related to, and the root of it is fear of some type. And tonight, I want to look at something that has to do with our relationship with, with with Jesus our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit and and yet it's it's really simple but I want to look at I'm going to look at three stories in the Bible that reveal that to us. And I want to start in John 14 verse 27. Jesus said, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you." Not as the world, not as the world gives, do I give to you. So the world gives peace a certain way, right? The world actually teaches us how to s- pursue peace in all the wrong places. And I'm going to mention some of those just, just to just kind of stir your thinking of it. So he said, Not as the world gives, do I give you. Not, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay, this is what the, that last passage, the last part of that passage doesn't say. I will keep your heart from being troubled, and I will keep fear away from you. It didn't say that. Hmm? It said, you. You don't let your heart be troubled you don't let it be afraid that's right and there's only one way there's only one way and the only the, the, the one way is to have that relationship with God that creates this peace and this knowing that God's word is true to be able to listen he said, I can keep my heart from being troubled, and I can keep my heart from being afraid, in other words, he didn't say fear's not going to come at you. He didn't say it's not going to get on you at times and try to grip your life, but you don't have to let it rule on the inside of you. Why? Because I have the peace of God. You've heard me say this many, many, many times. Peace is the proof that you have the victory, not just talking about it. I've been been in things that I've walked through at different times, and I'm telling you I wasn't in peace. I didn't really have the victory. I'm working on it. I'm getting there, but I wasn't in it because I didn't have the peace. Because the peace of Jesus that he gave us, that he paid for for us, the chastisement of Burt Wimberly's peace was on Jesus. You put your name in there. The chastisement of your peace was on him. And you are healed, healthy, well, and you have victory over any type of fear that will grip your life. And I'm not saying that it won't grip you, because it does. And I'll just tell you this, every single day that you live, and the more victory that you live in as a result of the peace that's being developed because of your relationship and your confidence in the Word of God, the more that's being developed... I promise you, the attacks come from every direction, okay? So just take a deep breath and know you're going to get attacked. He's attacking because of the light. He attacked Jesus to the last moment, thinking he could get some kind of you know, some kind of victory in some upper hand actually was stupid enough to think that what he was doing was creating victory. And I mean, it was his worst nightmare. Come on. It was his worst nightmare. I'm telling you tonight that that victory is not something in the sweet by and by, it's not something that's out there so far and we can never attain it and, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm too unworthy and all these kind of things. Listen, the unworthiness thing needs to be a thing of the past. I'm worthy because of what he did, not because of how good I am. Right? So now I've got to embrace that and I've got to embrace it in a relationship with him, believing that every time I'm confronted with anything that goes against his word, I have the victory. And I can do it from peace. I don't have to do it all worked up and emotional. And I mean, you may get loud, letting the enemy know certain things, but we don't have to be emotional about this. I'm going to show you in a couple of different examples in the Word here how vital this is. Yes. So, so think about this. Just think about these. These are just a bunch of different examples that I've given that I'm giving you. Um, well, let, let me say this before I read these: peace. Destroys fear. Peace destroys fear. Take that and meditate. You need to meditate on on that and what that really means. And peace comes from only one place, and it's that place we just read. Peace comes from Him only. Now, What I said earlier is that the world, when Jesus said that, he said, my peace I give you not as the world gives. So the the world gives and teaches how to acquire peace through, it may be through drinking, through drugs, through medications. It It could be through, I mean, through food. It could be through hobbies. You know, I mean, some people get to the place where if they're not doing something every minute of every day, that, that, that you know, that something's wrong with their life. There's no quietness. There's no peace. They have to be, so, so in other words, through the hobbies, through the drinking, through the this, through, through something, you, you have to have a release in your body. I'm telling you tonight. If you get release from drinking, you have to have that. Everybody's got to have a release. You got to have it through drugs, through medications, whatever. Everybody's got to have a release from the stress and the pressure that comes at you. Um, I mean, I know people, friends of mine. I mean, every time I turn around, every time I'm, I, I get a text or something from, they're in some other country, they're in a, they're in another place or whatever. I mean, they, they vacation every month, and I'm thinking, man. I mean, it's going to now happen where you got a vacation every week, or or it's not going to satisfy, because there's only one thing that satisfies, and only one thing that creates peace, and that's a relationship with Jesus through the Word. The only place. See, there are things that you can do that, you know, it, it's like the excess of anything. If If you desire to have a nice glass of wine you had eating somewhere and you have a nice glass of wine or something that's one thing but if you have to have if you have to drink and get inebriated to be able to go to sleep at night there's issues i'm just saying there's issues but it's the same it would be the same way with medications be the same way with certain kinds of drugs same way with food same way all kinds of things because because in the Bible, it's not about, and I'm using drinking because the church has made a big deal about drinking, but yet the church has gotten to the ploy, the, the, I, I know a lot of people in the church where it's like, you know, I, I've graduated and I've been liberated, now I can do whatever I want to do. No, no, you can't just do whatever you want to do. You, 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 and you'll never know what's right for you if you're just copying what someone else does, you'll never know what's right for you if you don't have a relationship with him. Did you hear what I said? And maybe some of the examples that I just used right here, maybe that touches you. Okay, whatever. I mean, it, it, the examples I used right there, it either is touching, will touch, or already has touched, or someday will touch all of us in some way or another where we're depending on other things in the natural. That's where you'll never, you, you, if you leave here hearing me say that if you if you, get, you, you get drunk every night, that you got to get rid of drinking. No, you'll never get rid of drinking. If drinking isn't right for you, the only way you'll stop that is through your relationship with him. He'll show you it's not right for you. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? That way we can come in here and we got things that we're working on which if you're not working on something, you know, we we need to worship you or something. You know, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. If you're not working on something in your life, I mean, everybody's working on something. So we're all in the same boat, and whatever it is that we're working through, listen, one thing's not worse than the next thing. And you don't really have time to be concerned about judging your neighbor. God will take care of all those kind of things. What you've got to do is get the light in you so that you're walking in obedience to the things of God day to day. What I do today, what I do, as long as it's not immoral, illegal, and goes against the word of God... What I'm doing today, I want to have peace at. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm not talking about what's illegal, immoral, or goes against the word. But there are some things that people think are illegal that they're not really illegal. Some people think that things, certain things are immoral and they're really not immoral because they were taught that from the world. See, you got to know from the word, from the light of the word, what is and what isn't because you'll never get peace in any of those things that you go after. Many people think through all different kinds of sex and sex acts and different things that that the world has taught about sex, that, that there's some fulfillment in that, and actually it gets worse and worse the deeper you get in it. You know why? Because you weren't created to have peace from something from the body. Nothing that goes into your body was created to create the peace. The peace only comes from him and him alone. Amen? And when I'm operating in the peace of Jesus, I have the ability to let my heart not be troubled. And I have the ability to not allow myself to do things that I know are not right for me because of what God has revealed to me. I mean... When I was 17 years old and I wasn't born again, there were a lot of things going on in my life. And and a lot of the things that I did that were ungodly to the next person, a lot of those things I did in my life because nobody ever taught me any different. And the day I got born again, I still did a lot of those things. But over time... Whatever changed in my life, it's because of the revelation of the light and the enlightenment that came on the inside of me through my relationship with him. That's where fear is extracted from your life and you have that power and authority to resist it from coming in you. Like I said, it'll come at you and it'll get on you at times. Fear get on you. I cast that thing away right now. No, no, God's word. But see, if you don't have any, if you're not, like we talked about last week, if you're not developing a routine day-to-day in your life, you're not going to have what you need to withstand what's coming at you. Did you hear me say it's going to come? That's not a bad confession. I'm telling you, fear will come, and fear will get on you at times because of things that are in the world. Things that you're, darkness and issues in life that you've never been confronted with to this point. There's darkness out there and deep darkness on people's lives that you've not been confronted with yet. And the longer you live, you'll be confronted with it. But if you're busy in your life, being planted, being developed, knowing who you are and not being, allowing anything to take that time of investing in your life, the word of God, if you make sure that that happens, then I'm telling you, you can handle anything that comes. Because he said, we have the ability to not let our heart be troubled, nor to be afraid. I have that ability. And where does that ability come from? From him, from his peace, from his joy, from his word being revealed to me on a day-to-day basis because of what I do with the word that I hear. That's where it all comes from. Amen? Amen. Now I want to read these real quick stories. So the story in the Old Testament, and I mean, I'm going to probably butcher the stories up, but just me remembering, I just kind of went and wanted to just pull out a few verses in each one of them. But um, in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles, twenty i I studied and spent a lot of time on King Jehoshaphat and learning about his life and he was a committed man, his father was committed to the things of God he was a godly man and uh, he he i mean Jehoshaphat sought the, the Lord he spent time with God um, he believed in God he believed in God through his word and uh I mean, there was many, many great battles, but the one that's most popular is the one where God came to him, and there was an army against him. It looked like it was impossible to win this battle. And God gave him a plan, and he obeyed God, and he sent the worshipers ahead, and he won a sweatless battle. He did nothing except show up, everybody's dead, and they collected all the spoil. That's a good deal right there. Someone shout amen to that. Amen. And in our comparison, it's because he believed God, because he saw things, fear gripped him, fear came on him, fear came at him, he laid himself on the ground, he sought God, what are we going to do about this? And God said to him, it's well, just do what I say. And What God told him to do was, for these are, these are warriors. You don't send a bunch of women out singing songs, or you know, don't, don't. Take that in the wrong way. <laughs> that, somebody may hammer me over that statement. <clears throat> but you don't send a bunch of worshipers out. We're warriors. We're in this thing to fight and to do battle. And you send them out and then they go, and they go, my gosh, why didn't we do this before? Well, that wouldn't work before. It only worked because God said. So he, he, heard, he knew how to hear the voice of God. David sought the Lord and he knew God heard him and when God heard him, he delivered him of his fears. And that's what happened with Jehoshaphat here. And it said that all his days, he's a godly man, he served God. But there's a few times, and one of those times is mentioned here, and I'm just going to read verse 35, 6, and 7 in uh, 2 Chronicles 20. And after this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Isaiah, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly. One translation said, he was a wicked, ungodly king. And he allied himself. Everybody say, he joined himself. He joined himself to this person to make ships to go to Tarshish. And they made the ships in Ezon-Geber. But Eleazar, the son of whoever that was, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying... Because you've allied yourself or joined yourself to this ungodly king, in other words, the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked so that they were not even able to go to Tarshish. In other words, his his ideas to make money to do what he did right here, they were sabotaged because he disobeyed God. And he joined himself to something and someone that was ungodly. And what did it do? There was no peace, there was fear, and as a result of the fear in his life, I mean, his ships were all destroyed before they even left port. Why? Because he didn't obey the voice of God that he knew. How many in here, you know God, and there's been times, don't lift your hands, there's been times in your life when you knew what God wanted you to do, he told you what to do, and then you did different. And every time that happens, you know, God doesn't come and do something to us. No. We're in the place where we're allowing fear in because, because when I'm, what I said earlier, peace is the proof of my victory, okay? Where there's no peace about something, then, I'm, then fear is going to lead me in situations where it creates rebellion in my heart. See, Nobody ever told me all this when I first heard about the Word. Nobody ever told me the responsibility that would be involved in me receiving the Word, learning the Word, and developing a relationship with the living God through the Word. Nobody ever told me all this stuff that was going to be here. Because even to this day, the moment that I let my guard down, the moment that I don't have time for the Word, the moment that anything else tries to set in, the moment some just good idea that's not necessarily a God idea tries to set in, fear is in there maneuvering and manipulating, trying to get you to rebel and do the opposite of what God has shown you to do. Every single time. And, And that's the thing... That we've got to judge in our own hearts and we've got to be aware of in our own hearts so that we don't play with this thing called Christianity, called God, called his word, called the house of God, our connections and all those kind of things. When When he connected himself to somebody that was ungodly, the influence there began to affect him and caused him to make decisions he should have never made. Another story. You like that one? <laughs> another story. And these, these last two stories are about the same, uh, the same situation as the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And there's one account of it in Deuteronomy 1, and there's another account of it in Numbers 14. And I'm going to read the Deuteronomy 1 because this is after they've uh, been through everything. And this is the account of what happened. This is Moses' account of the things that happened. And it'd be good for you to read, go back and read it all, but I'm going to start with verse 23 <clears throat> in Deuteronomy 1. And it says, So God had done everything that he had done. He had led him out of Egypt. What did he lead him out of Egypt to do? In Psalms it says, He led him out to lead him in. How, how, how long of a journey was it from where they were to where they were going? 11 days. How long did it take them? 40 years. Man, the roads must have been really bad. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. It's because they didn't, they weren't willing to do exactly what God told them to do. And so, as, as, as we read this, I'm just going to read a, a number of verses of Scripture. And, um, and this is the account from when... Moses had selected the 12 men to go into the land to spy out what had happened. Now, this is Moses' account of what already happened. And this is verse 23. The plan pleased, pleased me well. And, they had, and this is the idea of the people, to send the 12. See, in, in Numbers 13, God said, I want you to go and spy out the land that I've given you. What, what does that relate to to us today? That land is the promised land. So the promises, if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and you're heirs to what? Every promise in the word. Everybody say, I'm an heir. heir. I have a right to all of the promises of God, okay? God said, I want you to go spy out and I want you to see this amazing place that I've given you. So they go and two of them got what he said And they came back with this amazing report, and 10 of them came back with some trash. So this is the the, the rest of that story. The plan pleased me well, so I took 12 of your men, one from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshkol and spied it out. And they also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us, and they they brought back word to us, saying, It is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us. Nevertheless, you you would not go up, but uh, nevertheless, you, he's saying to them, they would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? That sounds like some peaceful people, right? Absolutely not. No peace, so now what's ruling them? Fear. Fear is ruling them and causing them, you see that right there, they rebelled against the word of God. When you and I develop a relationship with God, we develop this ability to have these open ears to hear what God is saying to us. I never want to step out and do something that I've not heard from God. God's told me I can hear him, so I'm becoming more confident every day I can hear the voice of God and do exactly what God said. Can you shout amen to that? That's who we are. We're not just people left out in the wilderness, you know, strumming around for 40 years with no idea and no insight to what God has for us. We can know exactly what he has for us every single day. The more we learn and we become doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, what happens to a person that that hears and doesn't do? He becomes deceived. In other words... Yeah, I heard what was said, but you're not doing anything with it. It's not going from your head to your heart. It's not being downloaded inside of you and becoming a part of you so that when you wake up the next day after you heard that good word, when you wake up the next day and you've been doing something with it, you have something to combat what comes against your head. That's, that's Christianity 101, and there really isn't Christianity 102. I'm just telling you today, there's really no 102. 102 starts when you get to heaven. What I'm telling you right now is 101, and we have to get that. That's right. We have to get it. We've got to get this. No matter how long it takes, we have to get it. And you can, make, you can make a choice, and you can decide that it's not that big of a deal. And when you do, what you're deciding and what you're allowing in is fear to rule what you do. Because when you're you're living your life allowing other things to try to bring peace, in other words, you're looking for peace in all the wrong places. And when you're looking for peace in all the wrong places and you're not getting it, then fear is speaking all kinds of things to you. Because, see, if you're developing a relationship with God, you're developing your ability to hear his voice, and his voice is speaking the way things really are and he's speaking to you about not only today but the future about what the future looks like. And there's no fear in God. God has never told you to do something in fear, oh my God, don't go there, you're going to die. That's not God. He can't speak that way. He can't speak in fear. It's impossible for him to speak through the voice of fear. Fear is a counterfeit to what faith says. He can't speak that way. He'll never tell you something in fear. If you're not supposed to go somewhere and it's not good for you, he'll just say, don't go. And it'll be about that loud because it's a still, small voice. Amen. Amen. So he said, where can we go up? Okay. Uh, our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Achim there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or be or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where he saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in the way that you went until you came to this place, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pitch your tents, to show you the way that you should go in the fire by night and the cloud by day. I mean, time and time and time and time again. I'll just say this to us. Maybe you've not seen a fire by night or a cloud by day. Maybe you've not seen certain things. But I'm telling you today, you need to constantly remind yourself of how good God has been to you in your life. You need to write it down. You need to look at that every day. I've got a list of things that God has done for me on a through the years, and I'm constantly reminding myself, thanking God every day. My, my A lot of my day, day-to-day routine has turned into just being thankful for what I have. God, I thank you for my wife, for my children. I thank you for gates of the city. I thank you, Father, for the authority that you've given us to live and operate in the earth. I thank you for the influence that you've given us into people's lives everywhere that we go and everything that we do. God, I'm just so grateful, so thankful that I actually know this and that I really want want it, and I'm so grateful and thankful that I'm aware of it every day, and that you've empowered me to overcome all the junk that comes at me. Remember, it's it's coming at you. Hmm? I mean, and sometimes, how many feel like sometimes fear and stuff comes at you like it? It's not the cone of silence. It's the cone of despair. It tries to get on you. And you can feel your heart pumping. And man, you feel yourself. Ah. Oh, cool. Thank you, Father. Thank you that your word. Thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your word today. And then He reveals something to you. And in that moment, by faith, you combat that thing and you shut it down and it gets off of you and it goes away from you. See, because I have the power to resist it. I have the power. To be delivered of all fear as I seek God and I'm confident in the promises that he's given me, I have that ability to do it. What did Jesus say? Do not let your heart be troubled. Me not let my heart be troubled. I can do some for Dale, but at the end of the day, if Dale's not doing anything for his heart, man, the devil will creep in because I can't do it all for him. Only you for yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, we can pray for each other. and We do. We, you, you need to be praying for people every day on a daily basis, especially people that God brings to your heart. Be praying for them. They need, they need some skin in the game with them, praying and believing God for them to overcome in situations. But at the end of the day, if I forget these things, like the children of Israel did, they forgot. They never got Egypt out of them. And they allowed those things to overtake them. And they spent 40 years in the wilderness not fulfilling what God had purposed for them to do. He led them out to lead them in. And they chose to let fear lead them and rule their lives. I don't know about you, no fear here. Mm, No fear in our lives. And you know what? A lot of times because it comes at us and it tries to get on us, and it does get on us at times, a lot of times it's not pretty. There's a lot of days when you lay down at night and you just thank God the end of the day has come. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad 11 o'clock is here. I'm laying down, waking up tomorrow. And, and a lot of times at nighttime, I listen to word as I'm going to sleep at night. I just listen to the word playing. But a lot of times I just, Father, I thank you for an awesome day tomorrow. Every night, I, actually, I pray that. I thank you for an awesome day. When tomorrow comes, it'll be another great day that you've created. And I'm entering into that day. When we wake up, old things are passed away, everything's brand new, no matter what's come at you. See, we can live in victory every single day, no matter what we face, because of what Jesus has done. See, you know, if we're talking about the world's peace, and we got all these other things lined up that we're pursuing, trying to get peace and trying to have a comfortable life, peace isn't comfortable you got to fight for peace. It's not comfortable. you looking for easy street? Not peace. You can go get the world's peace. I want Jesus' peace. He's already given it to us. Why should we not walk in it? He gave us his peace. Not a peace that he stirred up and mustered up. He gave us his peace. Whew. Glory to be to God. The last account is... Um, <clears throat> is Numbers 14 in in verse 1. And it says this. So all the congregation lifted up their voices. This is after everything happened and now they're so afraid because of the ten spies' reports. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and they cried and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. For if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a better leader and let's return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of whoever he was, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Watch this. Only do not rebel... Against the Lord. Peace is the proof of your and my victory. Where there's no peace, then there's fear. And what fear does is it gets you. See, see, what they rebelled against was God's plan, his word. That's what they rebelled against. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not, just, it's not just rebellion. They, yeah, they, were, they, they didn't do what Moses and Aaron said after Moses and Aaron told them what to do. They didn't do that. But it wasn't just that they rebelled against that authority. They rebelled against God. They started blaming God. Why, why did God lead us out here? Why didn't we just stay in Egypt? I mean, look at, the, look at our poor wife and children. All this stuff is happening. And you know why? It's because you didn't rise up, grab, grab your wife and your kids' hands, and stand up and be a man. And say, you know what, we're going to believe the words of the Lord thy God and we're going to see this thing through. Amen? They didn't do that. They moaned and groaned and complained and they were all victims. And he said they rebelled against the word of God, and I'll end with this last verse. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. How does that relate to us? Fearing the situations that come at us. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us, do not fear them. That was his encouragement. And I'm saying to you tonight, if you're Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed. And you're heir to those promises that the children of Israel were a type and shadow of what Jesus did for us to receive. And what they didn't receive... Because of unbelief and fear and because of no peace, now we have the peace which is the tool. It's the weapon. Fear comes at me. I can pray in the spirit. Lord, I'm not believing that report. I'm not going to listen to that thought. I'm not paying attention to that. I'm backing up. Lord, I'm backing up. I'm not going to say a thing except worship you, and I'm going to thank you for how great you are. And all of your precious promises you said are yes and amen. And I have have this comfort that only comes from you. And today, Father, I just worship you and I thank you. And I know this thing came, it tried to grip me, it kind of got on me, but I give it no place. And right now, Father, because of my strength in you, I command that fear to leave now. I believe that that report is a lie. It's a report of the enemy. It's a report of the world. It came from the world. And I declare that your report is what I believe and all of your promises are coming on me and overtaking. me. You have to live like that. You have to live prepared to do battle with every single thought that comes to your mind. It's just the way God made it. So, that's why here, how can, you, how can we, as the church of Jesus Christ, become what we were created to be if we don't have this Revelation. You can go through the motions and do all kinds of things that look like church and church life and all that kind of thing, and it's all, and it's all good works. But if you, don't have, if you don't have the revelation from God, if you're not living and operating in the peace that he gave you, then fear is directing you to do things and make decisions. It'll it'll, it'll screw up your relationships with people. It'll screw up your relationships with all kinds of things around you, with people around you. And it'll sabotage right relationships and you being connected to the right thing in life. What their problem was, was their connections to Egypt. The children of Israel's issue and problem was their connection to to Egypt. They never got free of those connections. Job and all of the, tr- the, the tragedy and travesty of his life was all the result of the fear from the past that he never got liberated and free from. And we don't, get, we don't get liberated from those we'll never fulfill. And you'll never get free of that if the word is not entering into you on a daily basis. Because my routine on a day-to-day basis is not to change circumstances necessarily in the moment, My routine in the Word of God is to change the way I think, to prepare me so that when something in the natural needs to change, I'm in faith. I'm not just throwing a bunch of scriptures and hoping something's going to stick. I'm speaking what Jesus would speak in that situation. And I don't know if if you've noticed in Scripture, every time he spoke something, it happened exactly the way he said it would happen. (laughs) I don't know about you, that's all I want. That's why we do what we do here. That's why you're sitting here tonight, and I'm telling you, you're getting stronger and better in your life than you've ever been before. I'm telling you, my, my prayers on a day-to-day basis for you, I'm seeing you, all of you are rising into what God created you to do, and I'm telling you, every day, you're going to not tolerate any thought that comes to try to talk you out of what God has already promised you. And today is the greatest day ever for us. Say this after me. I will never... Allow fear to direct my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father, I thank you tonight. Glory to God, I can see it. I see your word working, Father. I see things manifesting. I see the power of what you have promised us coming to pass in people's lives like never, ever, ever, ever before. I, I just heard something in my spirit that, that even as you're hearing this message tonight, God showed you something that you doubted, that He promised to you. You doubted something. I just I, I, there's somebody that that as you are hearing this, you know you doubted, and God just wants you to take care of it. And just say, Lord. I repent for that, and I'll never doubt another day in my life. If that's you tonight, you just receive that. And know God is strengthening you and empowering you in what he has for you in something that doubt tried to set in that it's not going to happen. I'm telling you tonight, it's coming to pass.